Good afternoon, brothers and sisters. It is a blessing that we may be here again to join together in the worship of our triune God. A warm welcome to all who are present here and also to those who have joined us via the live stream this afternoon. May the preaching of the gospel message direct our hearts and minds in faith and in trust to our Saviour Jesus Christ and cause us to live our lives to the praise of him. Consistory has the following announcements. On Wednesday afternoon, the Lord willing, Reverend Paul and Mrs. Jane Archbold will be arriving from the Reformed Church of Silverstream, New Zealand for a three month period of preaching by Reverend Archbold. We will have a coffee social next week Sunday after the morning service to welcome them to our congregation. The congregation is reminded that Consistory has called a congregational meeting for tomorrow evening here in this church building for Consistory and the Seville Grove Steering Committee to present. And this meeting will commence at 7.30 p.m. with coffee available from seven. The congregation is also advised of a congregational meeting to be held, the Lord willing, on Monday, the 19th of February here in this church building, commencing at 7.30 Coffee from seven. The purpose of this meeting is for the calling of a minister with further information available in your pigeonholes. And next week, Sunday, we will have a special Thanksgiving day for harvest and labor. A Thanksgiving collection will be held with the proceeds being for the house congregation in Cairns. An attestation has been requested by brother and sister Vessel and Alette Osthosen and their two baptised daughters to the Free Reformed Church of Beldivis, and we wish them the Lord's blessing in their new congregation. An attestation has been received from Sister Tanika Desnu, who comes to us from the Free Reformed Church of West Albany, and we welcome her into our congregation. This afternoon, the worship service will be led by Reverend Vermeulen, a minister of our sister church in Armadale. Before we commence this worship service, let us sing together hymn 23, verse 5. congregation it is our confession that our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth 
Receive now the greeting of the Lord. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth. Amen. Congregation, let us praise God by singing together from Psalm 122, stanzas 1, 2, and 3.
Together with the Church of all times and places, we make profession of our Catholic undoubted Christian faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed. And after that, we glorify the name of the Lord with the words of hymn 9. Hymn 9 after the Apostles' Creed. Let each of you say with me in his heart as follows. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he arose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe a holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us draw near to the Lord in prayer and ask for a blessing over the reading and proclamation of his word. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for greeting us as we come into your presence with words of mercy and grace. We thank you, Lord, for your love in Jesus Christ. We have that bottom line in our lives that you love us for Christ's sake. We confess our gratitude, the deep certainty and comfort this gives us. And as your covenant people, we come to ask you to teach us your ways, O Lord, that we may walk in them. You have given us your commandments as a rule of holy living. Bless us with insight into your commandments. May your kingdom come as you rule us through your word and spirit, that more and more we submit to you. And grant that our children too may grow in your ways, that as they grow up under the proclamation of the gospel, that faith may be worked in their hearts, they may come to that point where they profess their faith in you. Destroy all the works of the devil as he tries to undermine your work. 
as he conspires against your holy word. Hear our prayer in Jesus Christ's name alone. Amen. Congregation, our scripture reading this afternoon comes from Genesis 1 and 2 and then Hebrews 4 and Hebrews 10. So we begin reading in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 through to chapter 2 verse 3. Genesis 1 verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. And God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Turn now to the New Testament. We read from Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Hebrews chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. The good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them, because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest. As he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this passage he said, They shall not enter my rest, since therefore it remains for some to enter it. And those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience. Again he appoints a certain day today, saying through David so long afterward, and the words already quoted, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. 
So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. And then we turn to chapter 10 of Hebrews and read the verses 19 through 25. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So far the reading of God's word. As we prepare to listen to God's word, let us sing together from Psalm 119, stanza 4. this afternoon's proclamation of the gospel is God's revelation about the fourth commandment as the church has summarized that and we confess it in Lord's Day 38. And just before we read that, the fourth commandment being, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant, or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. 
Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And then Lord's Day 38 asks, What does God require in the fourth commandment? First, that the ministry of the gospel and the schools be maintained. And that especially on the day of rest I diligently attend the church of God to hear God's word, to use the sacraments, to call publicly upon the Lord and to give Christian offerings for the poor. Second, that all the days of my life I rest from my evil works. Let the Lord work in me through his Holy Spirit and so begin in this life the eternal Sabbath. After the preaching of the gospel, our Amen song is Psalm 84, stanzas 3 and 5. Psalm 84, stanzas 3 and 5 after the sermon. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, the Sunday is a day of celebration. It's a good day. It's a weekly reminder that life is not a rat race. It's a weekly reminder of the rest, the true rest that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me ask you, do you experience the Sunday as a feast day? Is it a high point of your week? Are you, are you very eager to come to church? And we pay attention to God's revelation in the fourth commandment under this theme. In the fourth commandment, God commands his people to celebrate the day of rest. And we're going to pay attention to, first of all, the relationship between Sabbath and creation. Secondly, Sabbath and recreation. And finally, Sabbath and consummation. So, in the fourth commandment, God commands his people to celebrate the day of rest. That's our theme. And then we see the connection between Sabbath and creation, first of all. Sabbath and recreation. And then finally, Sabbath and consummation when all things are made new at the end so first of all the connection between sabbath and creation now there's clearly a connection between the fourth commandment and creation i just read with you the wording of the fourth commandment as we have that in exodus 20 remember the sabbath day shall not work on that day for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy A clear connection between the Sabbath day and creation and you know right from the beginning congregation God set the seventh day apart he made it a special day I think of what we read in Genesis chapter 2 and on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done so God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation 
And so you see already at creation, and this is before the fall into sin, the seventh day was marked out or set apart. Notice it says the Lord God blessed the seventh day. And in scripture when something is blessed, it receives positive results. Animals that are blessed productive bring forth offspring a field that is blessed is going to be fruitful and so on God blessed this day it's going to be a good day you'd say this blessing of God in days endows this day with power to be beneficial to men and it's implied in that it was already then a rest day and that's confirmed in Exodus 20. Remember the Sabbath day rest then. So there's a blessing for man. It's a blessed day. It has good things for man. But also made holy. That day the Lord made holy. What does it mean when something is made holy? You think of how it went. The, the priests, they were sanctified. They were made holy. They were set apart. Taken out of the rest of the people and set apart for special service in the tabernacle and temple or the utensils which were also made holy for special tasks in the service of God. And here we have a day that is made holy. It's a special day for the service of God. And that means already in the beginning, one day in the week was set apart for the to celebrate for man to celebrate with God to have a special focus on him this day is distinct now when it says on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done that doesn't mean that God became tired after a week of working. But when it says he rested from all his work, it means he ceased from creating. He, he stopped from that. God had finished his work of creating and he could enter into the joy of his completed work. He could rejoice in that amazing, beautiful universe that he had made. That is God's rest, as it were. And man could, week by week, celebrate with God, enjoy fellowship with God, focus on God on this special day. A blessing for man, but also set apart for God. And so congregation, in the beginning, the seventh day, put life into perspective for man. He'd been given a command to get busy in God's creation. But his labor, his work was not an end in itself, but he lived and he worked in a world which God had created for his glory. And every seventh day was a reminder again as he rejoiced and focused on the Lord. God was the focus of his life. And that's very important for our celebrating the day of rest today. How can we rest in the Lord on the day of rest, if the other six days we are working for ourselves and our own glory, if there's that big disjunction between the, the Sunday and the rest of our week, 
That the rest of the week is, it's all about me and my kingdom and my glory and getting myself ahead in life. Then the, the day of rest becomes a break in a, in a hectic schedule of a life that's all about myself. But if on the other six days we are clear about this, we are working in God's world to his glory. And then we come to the day of rest and we can rest in the Lord and rejoice with him, the God whom we have been working for throughout the week. He created all things. He entered into his rest on the, the seventh day. And we can be busy in his creation created for him and rejoice with him and the focus on him on that day of rest. And it works the other way too. Celebrating the day of rest gives focus for the rest of the week. It's a reminder every week again that the communion with God, living for Him, that that is the glorious pinnacle of our life and work. That's what that weekly day of rest does. It's a reminder, it gives us focus as we you know, get busy in our workplaces during the week. We're doing this for God. He's the focus and we're reminded every week again. You know, congregation, that's what's so horrible about a world that rejects the Sunday as a special day. Because then all the days are the same, essentially. And that connection of all of life to God is lost. That connection that we're reminded of every Sunday again. And then life just becomes a never-ending rat race. There's no stop, pause, focus on God, be reminded again. It's a never-ending rat race. And then you've got to find other ways of escape in entertainment or, or drugs or alcohol to, to forget. To let go for a while. And you think too, the devil is working hard with a 24-7 economy to speed the process of secularization because then people lose that sense that, that life is about God. The day of rest is a reminder that life is about God. And when nobody's thinking about the day of rest anymore, God has seen to have nothing to do with life in this world. And then you see, that's how secularization increases with the loss of the day of rest. So congregation, is the Sunday the highlight of your week? Does the Sunday, does it give you perspective for the other six days of the week? And do you really look forward to worshipping God? Because that's what life is all about, that, that communion with the Lord. Is that what you are looking forward to, working towards as you're busy in your lives and work during the other six days of the week? Do you regret it if you need to miss worship because of illness or other legitimate reason? Do you really rejoice in fellowship with God? That brings us to our second point. There's also a connection between Sabbath and re-creation. Now you probably 
know that the Ten Commandments in Exodus are a bit different from how they are come up in Deuteronomy. So Exodus 20 is the one place where the law was given, but then also in Deuteronomy chapter 5, we get the Ten Commandments repeated when Israel is about to enter the Promised Land after 40 years of wandering in the desert. And it's particularly in connection with the Fourth Commandment that the difference comes out. Starts fairly similar. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, etc. And all the ones who are not to work. But then it says in verse 15, You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. And so whereas in Exodus it was remember that the Lord created everything in six days and then rested on the seventh, therefore you rest. In Deuteronomy, the command to remember the Sabbath day is connected to remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord brought you out from there. And to remember what God had done in delivering them from Egypt. And we need to understand too, congregation, the, the deep significance of that release that freedom from Egypt. It was more than just the freeing of a slave nation. There is also a spiritual dimension to the deliverance from Egypt. You think of how beautiful it was in the beginning when Adam and Eve were in the garden. They enjoyed wonderful fellowship with God. But through the fall into sin, they lost so much. They were sent out of Eden, away from enjoying the fellowship with God. And they lived in a world under the curse. And they were corrupted through their sin, only able to sin. There was no more enjoyment of God's rest for those who were by nature rebels. And the slavery in Egypt, the scriptures made clear, is really a picture of the slavery to sin. And let's not forget either that Israel, while they were in Egypt, also served other gods. Later on is mentioned about the gods your fathers served in the land of Egypt. And so you've got these people, the result of the fall into sin, People who end up in slavery in Egypt, descendants of Abraham there. But they were a people unworthy of God's love, yet the covenant people. And that deliverance from Pharaoh was more than just deliverance from Pharaoh, but God graciously making and establishing his covenant with unworthy Israel. And God did that to bring them out of Egypt and to bring them into the promised land where they might serve him all their days. To use the words of Psalm 105. And really Canaan where the Lord blessed them. The land flowing with milk and honey. It was the beginning of the restoration of what was lost through the fall into sin. And we say that because of how Psalm 95 speaks about the land of Canaan. There it says that God in the desert said to the, the rebels who would die in the wilderness, He said, I swore in my wrath, they shall never enter my rest. They will never enjoy that rest that I will have and enjoy with my people in the promised land. So the promised land was called God's rest. 
And so the Israelites were told in Deuteronomy 5, remember the Sabbath day and remember what I've done to deliver you, my, my people, from Egypt to bring you to the promised land. We're being reminded of God's amazing, gracious work for His undeserving people as He prepared to bring them into His rest. On top of that, from the laws of Moses, we know that the Sabbath day was the day of assembly when the people were to gather together. Gather together for prayers. To bring sacrifices, to, to praise the Lord. And you think of those sacrifices, which were a constant reminder of something greater that was coming in the coming Messiah, who would be a fulfillment of the Exodus. Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. And so here they were being told by the Lord in Deuteronomy to remember their deliverance from Egypt. And you see then how the fourth commandment points God's people to spiritual rest, to their deliverance from sin and enjoying restoration of communion with God also as that deliverance from sin was portrayed in the sacrifices that they would bring on the Sabbath day. So that's the overtones of the fourth commandment also point to Israel's deliverance from Egypt, from sin, as God was working to bring them into the promised land. And then, congregation, you can see the significance of the Lord Jesus Christ for this commandment. How He fulfills this commandment and transforms it. Because God sent His Son into the world to bring true rest to those weighed down by sin. You think of those very comforting words of the Lord Jesus in Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11, verse 28, when he said, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. God had sent him to deliver his people from, from the, the ultimate Pharaoh, from Satan, who holds his, his followers in slavery. God had sent him to deliver his people from the curse that sin brought, from the pollution of sin. That's what he did. He went to the cross, put to death on Good Friday. And then on the Sabbath day, lay in the grave. But he didn't stay there. On the first day of the week, he arose from the dead. Showing that those sins that he had taken on himself, he had made full payment for. On that day, he also distributed the riches obtained by his death. He revealed himself to his apostles. Yes, I am risen. The work is completed. And he commanded them on that first day of the week on his resurrection to, to preach forgiveness, which is true rest to the world. And you think... Thomas wasn't there on that day of that first day of the week when the Lord Jesus rose from the dead. And the Lord Jesus didn't appear to Thomas the next day or the next day. He waited the whole week till the following first day of the week to reveal himself to Thomas as he laid the foundations of his church gathering work in the testimony of the apostles that Jesus Christ had risen. 
And then again, it was on the day of Pentecost, which is again the first day of the week that the Spirit was poured out. The Spirit through whom the apostles could proclaim true rest to sinners. And then throughout the New Testament, we see the church meeting on the first day of the week for worship and the breaking of bread. And so the first day became the special day of the Lord. It's called such in the New Testament, the Lord's Day. A day dedicated to Him and His work of granting His people true rest. And so we still celebrate the day of rest today. A day dedicated to the service of the Lord. But because of the New Testament emphasis on the first day as the day of the Lord, therefore the New Testament church celebrates Sunday. The moral command remains to rest rooted in creation. God commands a day of rest to focus on Him. It's not as if this one law, the fourth commandment, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, is no longer relevant when the other nine are. And yes, there are ceremonial aspects. The fact that it's the seventh day of the week. The principle remains of one in seven. And that's why New Testament church is the first day of the week, the day of the Lord. And congregation, true rest for God's people cannot be celebrated without focusing on Jesus Christ. It's only through Him that we are delivered from sin and restored in communion with God. It's only through the Lord Jesus Christ and His work that we are able to put off our evil works more and more and live for God. It's only through the Lord Jesus Christ that we can live for God all the days of the week. Also as we go about our tasks in our working week. A day off without focusing on the Lord Jesus Christ. If that's all the Sunday is, a day off without focusing on Jesus Christ. is a desecration of that day because it's in Jesus Christ that we enjoy true rest. And that's why when the Catechism asks, what does God require in the fourth commandment? The first thing it says is that the ministry of the gospel be maintained. The ministry of the gospel. Providing for a minister so that he can preach God's word. That's what it means to maintain the ministry of the gospel. Make sure you can have preaching week by week. And it doesn't just stop there. But also when you have a minister serving, then you also need to, also the elders need to make sure the preaching is faithful. Sermon discussion is maintaining the ministry of the gospel because this congregation needs to be fed faithfully. Supervising the pulpit falls under that. The ministry of the gospel and the schools be maintained. To have ministers, to have that gospel of true rest in Jesus Christ proclaimed, you need ministers. They need to be trained. That's why we first of all think of the training for the ministry as we have that in a theological seminary like we support in Hamilton. But we can also include Christian primary and high school education. After all, to get ministers you need to be you need to have people who are trained in the various subject areas, in a reformed way, critical thinkers, 
You need that for elders too, to be able to read. You think of the, the nonsense that gets taught in public education systems these days. You need to have people who can be, be trained to be critical thinkers in a, in a good way. Reformed education is going to serve that. You need people also who can hear the word of God and go to work with it. Reformed education is important there. And even the very fact of learning how to read the word of God. For that preaching of the gospel, a congregation who can listen to that gospel, elders who can supervise, a congregation who can work with the word, see the importance of reformed education. And yes, congregation, maintain the ministry of the gospel. We need more men. Being in a vacancy, I'm sure you appreciate that as well. It's something for young men to think about. Do I have those gifts to, to serve God's people through the ministry of the word? Because for God's people to enjoy the true rest in Jesus Christ, the ministry of the gospel needs to be maintained. We need more ministers to keep doing that work. But the preaching also needs to be heard. And that's why Lord's Day 38 continues that... Not just the ministry of the gospel and the schools be maintained, but that especially on the day of rest, I diligently attend the church of God to hear God's word, to use the sacraments. And after all, the sacraments are the, the visible word. When you see in baptism, when you see in the elements of the Lord's Supper, you see portrayed before your eyes what the Lord Jesus Christ has done to save sinners, to give them true freedom, to give them rest. I diligently attend the church of God. God wants me to enjoy rest and I need to be there in church week by week, two times a Sunday, to sit under the preaching of the word. We need to celebrate the day. It's not make sure you get to a worship service once a Sunday, but remember the Sabbath day, the day focused on the Lord. And so we have in the preaching in the morning service a passage of scripture will be explained and applied and worked out. But then there's also that important task of training God's people in the true doctrine. It comes through the New Testament as well. That's the afternoon services. You've shown that in the catechism preaching. How do all the different parts of God's word fit together? To show the, the fullness of the salvation that the triune God gives to his people. Summary preaching and catechism preaching. So that the Sunday as a day, morning and afternoon is focused on God's work in Jesus Christ. Celebrating his rest. We need that weekly refocus. Living for God in his creation. Be able to live and work the other six days, you need that weekly refocus. We need to be comforted week by week because we go through a week and we make a mess of our life time and time again. We stumble and fail in so many ways. We need to be comforted by the rest we receive in Jesus Christ to hear that message of forgiveness proclaimed week by week. We need the Sunday too, the Sunday worship also to resist secularization we need the word of God to be proclaimed to us so that we understand how this word is relevant to all parts of our life and it's when you're sitting under the preaching that you're going to see that more and more when that's not happening that people will forget and then it's 
secular ideas that take over. I need to diligently attend the church of God. And let's also focus for a moment on following along on live stream. Nowadays that can easily happen. I'll go to the morning service and I really can't be bothered for the afternoon. I'm comfortable, sit with a coffee on the couch and I'll watch and follow by live stream. And yes, it's a huge blessing. It's good for exceptional circumstances when you cannot be in church. And that's the amazing thing about this technology, that you can still participate in that way when you have to be home. The congregation, we confess, we need to diligently attend the church of God, be, be present in the midst of God's people. Think of what we read from Hebrews chapter 10. Do not neglect to meet together as is the habit of some. You think, well, aren't I doing just as much by tuning in on live stream? But you think of all those commands in the New Testament where God calls His people to encourage each other. Where God calls His people to exhort each other, to admonish each other. You've got to be together to have that time to speak to each other, to encourage each other, to, to be there for each other as we gather together in worship. Even those commands, singing, teaching, admonishing one another with psalms and hymns by assembling together. You praise God together, but you're also in those psalms that you sing, you're admonishing each other. You need to be present for that. We assemble together with all those others that we are commanded to do all those things to. Those youth, those elderly, those families, those singles. This congregation, we said earlier, the 24-7 economy. When the Sunday gets squeezed out more and more, the devil uses that as a tool for the secularization of life because when people don't have a day of rest, when they're not coming to church, they're not going to be listening to the word, they're not going to see how all of life is connected to Christ and then it's easier to just think in a secular way. But Hebrews, you could say, puts it the other way around. We are called. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to good works, look out for each other and help each other, be faithful to the Lord and live a life of good works in His service. And straight away it follows, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Stirring each other up, gathering together, encouraging each other. Those things go together. Particularly as you see that day drawing near, the great and final day. Are we doing that, beloved? We're called to rest on Sunday. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, to put aside our work, to focus on God. Don't let unnecessary work take you away from rest and worship. God commands you, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And not just work, but do pleasures sometimes take us away from our resting in the Lord and worshipping Him. Rather spend the afternoon at the beach, 
It's Father's Day, it's my birthday, whatever. To come to church twice. Can we justify it when we're not assembling with God's people to focus on Him and His rest and what He gives? Yes, congregation, churches these days struggle. You hear that around the various churches. Don't know how it goes in your midst particularly, but you, you hear about a decline in the afternoon worship attendance. And that puts pressure on the PM service. If less and less people show up, is it worth still, still having? Maybe it's better to get rid of it so that more and more of the Sunday can be for me. But do you see that way of thinking? It's the Lord's day. It's about Him, about serving Him. Now we need to diligently attend the church of God. And yes, it's not just to hear God's word and to use the sacraments. But also then you get there's other things to do on the day of the Lord to call publicly upon the Lord. Together as his people call on God's name in our prayers. To gather together also to give Christian offerings. To share in the love of Christ. To do good to one another. Even using the extra time the Sunday gives. It's a break in our schedules. It's a setting aside our daily labours. It gives us extra time to visit the lonely. To look out for those in need. The vulnerable. Congregation, do you truly celebrate the Sunday? Are you excited to go to church? And celebrate together the rest that you receive in Jesus Christ. God has richly blessed us. He gives us this day of rest that gives perspective on all of life as we listen to the preaching of His Word. He gives us in Jesus Christ, He gives us rest from sin and a curse on sin. He grants us restored fellowship with God. Sunday is all about God's rich gifts to us. And do you show that you believe that by celebrating this day enthusiastically? Think of the Lord's promise in Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58, verse 13 and 14. If you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, and the holy day of the Lord honourable, if you honour it, not going your own ways, or seeking your own pleasure, or talking idly, and you shall take delight in the Lord. I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. I'll feed you the heritage of Jacob your father. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Blessing that comes in delighting in the Sabbath of the Lord. And that brings us to our final point. The day of rest also points ahead to the Sabbath. The eternal Sabbath that is coming. And that too is why we need the day of rest Today, and that's our third point Sabbath and consummation. But the day of rest also points forward to something that is coming, is taught in the letter to the Hebrews. And we read there in chapter 4 a bit of an exposition of what's happening in Psalm 95. 
And the letter to the Hebrews explains that entering into Canaan was to enter the, the rest of God. Where God's people would enjoy God's blessings and enjoy restored fellowship with God. But not yet, and that's the other part of the point of Hebrews 4, not yet the fullness of what is coming. And Psalm 95 speaks about that. And David wrote this psalm after the Israelites had entered the land. And he says to his generation, so that's when Israel was living in the promised land, enjoying the rest of God, he says, don't be like your unbelieving fathers who were disobedient, who didn't listen to the Lord and to whom the Lord swore in his wrath, you shall not enter my rest. And then the Lord was talking about them going into the promised land, the earthly promised land. But after they're already there, David says, don't be like your ungodly, unbelieving fathers. And the point that Hebrews 4 makes, that shows you if David can talk that way after they were in the earthly promised land, there's a greater rest coming. And that's that heavenly promised land that the earthly promised land points ahead to. And that is the fullness of rest that God's people will enjoy on the last day on the new earth. When their sin and their sinful nature is gone. When they will enjoy a complete rest from all evil and struggles. They will have restored communion with God forever on a in a restored creation. This is the perfect rest that God will give to his people. A gift from Him. Fellowship with Him. A gift we already enjoy in part today. As verse 3 of Hebrews 4 says, For we who have believed enter that rest. There's aspects already today. Living out of the Christ who gives rest. You think of those words of Matthew 11. Come to me all you who labour and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Christ promised broken sinners there's aspects already today as we work towards the fullness of the rest that is coming and do you see then congregation the importance of the day of rest today for that day God calls us to rest to come to church and he is working in us for that day through the preaching of the gospel he's keeping our perspective on Him, keeping our longing for Him. And not only that, He's renewing us, He's changing us, He's preparing us as He sanctifies us. He's preparing us for life in that world in which righteousness dwells. His Holy Spirit working in us through His Word. Take away the weekly rest and worship you're going to find secularization take over become more and more worldly and then there's no more eternal rest but through the Holy Spirit today celebrating that weekly rest and worship we are being more and more prepared for that great and final day not that we earn a place on the new earth by our obedience in coming to church today that works righteousness is to be abhorred. Our place on the new earth is a gift. But it's a gift that we receive by faith. 
faith which is worked and strengthened through the word proclaimed Sunday by Sunday. Congregation, see in conclusion the glorious symmetry between the work of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father in the beginning, after six days of creating, finished His work, rested from His work, entered into the joy of His completed work. God the Son, after laying down His life for our sins, rose on the first day of the week, made it into the New Testament special day of the Lord, distributing rest to His people. And then the Holy Spirit, working today, Sunday by Sunday, preparing and preserving us for that day that is coming, that day when He reaches the end point of His work, that eternal rest that we will enjoy with God. Amen.
Let us come before the Lord in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we rejoice in your goodness as that could be further revealed this afternoon. We thank you for the rest that you give. A weekly day of rest we acknowledge is a gift from you in your wisdom for us, your creatures. You know what is good for us. We thank you that thereby you show us that our working on the other six days is not a meaningless rat race, but it's work to be done to your honour and glory. We're working in the world that you made. Pray that you will work in us that we may celebrate the day of rest, that it may indeed be the highlight of our week, that we may rest from our daily work and enjoy spiritual rest in communion with you. Be with those who need to work on Sundays in healthcare or other necessary tasks. Give them what they need. Be with us when we are pressured to do Sunday work in non-necessary occupations. Give us faithfulness and courage and a wisdom to speak clearly to our employers or others about your will for our lives. And Lord, we pray for the training for the ministry. We pray that you will bless that. Bless the theological college in Hamilton. Grant wisdom and faithfulness to those who teach at these institutions that they may serve your church gathering work by equipping heralds of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we pray that there may be sufficient students and graduates that so that work may continue, that the ministry of the gospel may be maintained. Lord, will you provide. Bless the work too of the deputies for the training for the ministry as they also seek to encourage young men to be interested in this calling, Lord, will you guide them? And Father, we pray that you would bless all Christian instruction, that we may grow up and also through what we learn in reformed education, we may also receive skills that we can use as office bearers. We can be trained how to read and read well and think critically and how to test the spirits through critical analysis. Lord, will you guide us and grant that also the work of reformed education may serve the well-being of the church. And Father, we pray that you would also bless us in this week that lies before us. Bless the congregational meeting tomorrow evening Grant a harmonious meeting as we think through together the decisions that we need to make. And that as we take those decisions that we may be able to accept them and together move forward. Lord, will you provide, give us all that we need. Father, we thank you that we can do these things as brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, together standing on the same foundation. Will you bless our work? And Lord, we also pray you'd bless that other congregational meeting for the calling of the minister. Lord, we pray that you would grant that in due time we may receive a new pastor and shepherd to proclaim that gospel of rest Sunday by Sunday. Lord, will you provide. Be with us in our time of vacancy. Give us all that we need. Also, 
strengthen the office bearers. If they pick up the various things that would have been done by the minister, Lord, give them what they need. Continue to watch over us. We thank you that we remain under the good care, the loving care of the great shepherd, our Lord Jesus Christ. Hear our prayer in his name. Amen. You now have opportunity, brothers and sisters, to bring your thank offerings to the Lord for the mission work in Papua New Guinea. And after we have brought our offerings, let us praise the Lord by rising and singing together hymn 80, stanzas 1, 3, 5 and 6.
us lift up our hearts to the Lord, receive his blessing, and go in peace. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.